As a parent to a six-year-old child, I tell a lot of fables. Little stories that have a sort of life lesson in them that unfold over a few scenes, often involving talking animals. In fact, I spend more time with fables now than at any other time in my life, other than when I was a six-year-old child myself. I can just make them up off the top of my head now. Bedtime rolls around and out come the questions meant to delay bedtime by a little bit. Why do some places go for weeks without the sun rising in the winter? Oh, child. Once there was a princess who liked staying up late so much that she made a wish that the sun would never rise again. You can see where I'm going with that one. I say this to say that I am probably at the height of my powers as it relates to fables. <laughs> so take it from me. When I read the story of the Garden of Eden, when I read it this week, it was instantaneous. I know what that is. That's a fable. It's got everything. It has life lessons. It unfolds over a few scenes. It has talking animals. It answers questions, burning questions such as, why don't snakes have legs? And how come people have to wear clothes? That's the thing about great fables. Great fables are a way of answering questions that a curious mind just can't help from asking. So if I were going to tell my daughter this fable from the Bible about why snakes don't have legs, I would start, oh, child, once there was a beautiful garden. And I'd remind myself as I'm trying to get this all together, there's two basic scenes in this fable. There's the part about God making the people, and then there's the part about the forbidden fruit. So I'd go into the first part of it, and in diving, I'd say, when God first made us with her own two hands and breathed life into our nostrils straight from his own mouth and placed us on their own good earth, at first there was just one person. And it wasn't a boy and it wasn't a girl, it was just a person. But there was a problem. This person was all alone. All alone in the beautiful garden and God saw that this was not good. The person could not be alone. So God started to make some other things, made some other animals, hoping that in those there might be a companion for the person. She made an animal that was soft and fuzzy and friendly and would love the person and that brought it to the person and the person said, I'll name that one dog. <laughs> and it was pretty good. It was pretty good to be clear. Straight off the bat, God was doing a good job. It wasn't enough. The person was still alone. So after she finished making a dog, God thought maybe I need something a little larger. So it came back again and put another animal in front of the person who said, I'll name that elephant. Still no good. That didn't work. Made a parrot. Still no good. They made an iguana and then a llama and then an ox and then a lion and I could see that that last one had made the person a little bit nervous and so says, don't worry, it eats um, straw. 
like the ox. The ox that you named, I noticed you getting a little shorter with the names after the Pachycephalosaurus. <laughs> but even after God had made every single animal in the whole world, there was still not the right companion for the person. The person was lonely. So God made a deep sleep fall upon the person and pulled out one of their ribs. Don't worry, they still had plenty of ribs left. We've got spares. And from that rib, God made another person. Now, after this, one of them was a man and one was a woman, and they were so overjoyed to see one another because now she wasn't alone and now he wasn't alone. Now they would never be alone again. We have to be with people. We have to be with people. And that's why there are so many different ways of people being people together. There are families and there are cliques, there are neighborhoods, there are COVID bubbles, there are towns and cities and nations and tribes and churches and synagogues and mosques and schools and the Boston Red Sox. So many ways for people to say, I'm not just me. I am part of us and we are sticking together. The first scene of this fable asks a question that a child might not even think to ask. Why are there so many people? But the second scene with the forbidden fruit, this answers a question that every child will ask. Why do people have to die? Are you going to die? Am I? Every child will ask this question. And as far as rational explanation goes, there's nothing to say other than, yes, you will die. But don't worry, it won't be for a long, long time. It's an answer spoken with great certainty and accompanied by a prayer that it's going to be true. Why do people have to die? Oh, child, in the beautiful garden, there were two special trees right in the center. One was the tree of living forever, and the other was the tree of knowing good and evil. And then a snake walked up to the two of them. Yes, I know snakes don't have legs. We'll get to that part. A snake walked up to them and said, if you eat that fruit of knowing good and evil, if you eat that, you're not really going to die, are you? God probably just wants the fruit all to themselves. And the people, they listened to what the snake has to say, and they decided they were going to risk it. Maybe the snake was right, maybe God was right. They would find out. Maybe they would die, maybe they wouldn't. But it was worth the risk to them if they could just have knowledge, knowing good, knowing evil, knowing everything in between. They could know about why the lion had bristles on its tongue. They wanted to know why and how, how long it would take an acorn to grow into a tall oak, to know what the stars were made of to know why the leaves changed colors and how the northern lights danced and whether there was any end to the Sahara Desert 
They wanted to know if they could tame the fire, if they could fix the lightning with bit and bridle. And seeing that the tree was beautiful and that its fruit was desirable for making one wise, they took and ate. And now there is nothing we cannot know. But the snake had been lying. No, I don't know why it was lying. Eating the fruit did mean that the people were going to die. And to punish the snake, God took away its legs and it has to crawl on its belly forever. The snake had been lying and God had been telling the truth. They were going to die someday. And every person ever born, all of us, we are that same way. That same way, we want to know everything and we'll risk anything to know it. That's why there isn't even a single ocean that people haven't crossed. There isn't a single mountain people haven't climbed. We flew to the actual moon. We have to know. We are going to die. Even me. Even you. But it won't be for a long, long time. And until then, there is so much to learn. We are mortal, we human beings. It's not possible to understand what it is to be a human being without understanding that fundamental truth. We are mortal. We are born and then we will die. There is no way out of that. We are mortal. This is a true thing about humanity. This fable in Genesis. It is telling the truth, a deep truth, so deep that if someone asked, did that really happen, it would pull me up short with a, um, that's not really the point I was trying to make. These chapters from Genesis, they're a fable. They're a way of answering questions. And great fables are the ones that answer questions that we cannot help but ask. And the best fables, like this one, maybe the best fable ever. It is about questions that we cannot help but ask and questions that do not have any answers. Not really, anyway. Because what good is an answer to why people have to die? What good is an answer when it is a loved one whose death is at hand? What good is an answer when it is my life that is drawing to a close? What good are answers like metastasized or embolism or car accident or it was just their time? What good is any of that when the question is, why must we die? What is there to say? What is there to say but what we have received from the Holy Spirit? What is there to say to the question, why, why must I die? What is there to say but what God has already said? 
Oh, child, once there was a beautiful garden. <laughs>